we want to talk a little bit about chaos in the camp today. Because, you know, a lot of times we have chaos in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our country. Lots of times we have chaos in our personal life. Anybody ever had any chaos before? But lots of times when we have chaos or we have a challenge or we have a problem, we'll begin to ask questions, maybe even to our great God, our creator of why is this problem happening? Why is the chaos there? Why are the barriers coming up in my life? And I don't know about you, but lots of times in my own life, my own camp, when I'm experiencing this this chaos, what I do sometimes is I blame myself for the chaos and I forget that though there's a problem, that I can find my God potential in the problem. And I need you to know today that all the chaos going on around you, in you, and you know what? Uh, wherever you do life at, it is not there by happenstance. It is there for a purpose. And though, you know, it may not be uh, something that you caused, maybe it's something that God has allowed so that you can experience who he is. And furthermore, you can make his power known in how, how you respond. Church. Everybody say church. church. That's not a place you go to. It's a people we are. And church should be a people we gather with, maybe in a place. And church should be a place and a people where our faith, our faith grows. Our hope is elevated. You know, depending on how high your hopes are really determines how much your faith grows. Because if you don't have high hopes, then you'll have weak faith. But if you can get your faith and your hope kind of elevated today and your faith strengthened, you can begin to experience great things in your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, there's three things that will last in eternity. Faith, hope, and love. And then it goes on to say, love is the greatest of these three things. Because if we can get our faith, our faith strengthened, our hope elevated, then we can experience the love of our creator. The Bible says God is love. It's the greatest. And when we experience the love of God in our life, no matter what the circumstance, what the problem, what the chaos, then what happens is that love becomes exponential. That love becomes, uh, basically it, it multiplies and it doesn't only change us, our family, our circumstance, but it has the power to change the world and change the community. So I need you to experience the love of the creator today. Today, we're going to look at a passage of scripture. It's actually a song. And it's an amazing song that was written thousands and thousands of years ago. It was written by one of King David's, it was written by his worship leader. And actually he wrote the song, the worship leader did. And then David had many musical directors in his camp as king. And 
he took the song the worship leader did and he gave it to the musical director. And then the musical director uh, uh, kind of, they, they encouraged all of, all of the Israelites to sing this song. And as they penned this song, what they reveal to us is that though there is a problem, though there is chaos, you got to remember that there's a way out of every situation and every circumstance. We just sing a powerful song about a way maker. And I just want you to know today that isn't just lyrics. That is who we worship. That is who we give our allegiance to. It is why we are here today. Because when there was no way, the Bible says Jesus came to be the way. He is a way maker. This song is known as Psalms 77 in your Bible. And I want to look at this song for just a little bit and then talk about it because I believe if you walked in here today and you've got some chaos in your camp and you've got some problems in your life, you're going to begin to see the one who controls the chaos and your camp and you're going to begin to see the potential that the one unleashes in your problem so that you can run forward with your life. How many of you know that God created you for purpose? Yes, Lord. How many of you know that God created you for relationship? Yes, yes. How many of you know today that God has a plan for your life and it is directed by his hand? It is a powerful hand yes. and there is nothing. There is nothing that can stop the plan of God in your life. No demon in hell, no angel in heaven. There is a God that directs your steps. And if you'll learn to follow him, he'll make a way. But many times we go our own way. So let's look at how to work with this chaos in our camp, this chaos in our life, this chaos in our family, this chaos in our, in our finances. The Bible says this in Psalm 77. The writer of the song says, I cry out to you, God. Yes, I shout. I shout. Oh, the, oh that God would listen to me. Anybody wish God would listen to him? The Bible goes on to say, he says in this song, he says, when I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed, my hands lifted towards heavens, but my soul was not comforted. He says, I think of God, I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep, I am too distressed even to pray, even to talk to God. The songwriter goes on to say, man, I think of the good old days. Anybody ever think of the good old days and and wonder if any of those days are ever going to come back? But I want to declare to you today that those days aren't going to come back, but there's better days ahead if you'll depend upon the way maker. He says, I think of the good old days long since ended. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul and I ponder the difference now. 
Then he begins to ask the questions that a lot of us ask. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? There seems to be a lot of chaos in my life. Is his unfailing love gone forever? I mean, where are you, God? Has his promise permanently failed? Wow. You made a lot of promises in the Bible, God. Have they permanently failed? I mean, I'm not, I'm not experiencing what I thought I should be experiencing. Life is not a box of chocolates as far as Gump once said. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? This is a songwriter asking questions in a song. But then he says, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. But then I recalled all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. I had chaos in my camp. I had chaos in my life. I had begun to question you. The chaos had begun to control me. But then all of a sudden, I remember the one who controls the chaos and controls the camp. And guess what? I began to become rejuvenated. So, So maybe you're here today and you're asking all those same questions. God, where are you? Where's your hand? Where's your love? Where's your grace? Where's your compassion? What did I do wrong? What, what's the problem? What, you know, uh, 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 all these problems are going on in my life, my family's life, my neighborhood, in my bank account. Oh, God! But could you just for a moment hit the pause button? And all that chaos. And remember the one who controls the chaos and the one who controls the camp. And gives you the power and the strength to push forward in the chaos and experience everything he has for you. That's what the writer writes in this song as this camp was facing a chaos. And he says in Psalm 77 verses 19 and 20, he says, I remembered. He says, this is what I remembered, that your road led through the sea and your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. I remembered, he said, that you took my people, my ancestors, out of bondage, out of slavery, out of chaos, out of overwhelmness, out of their problem. And you took them to the edge of a sea and they thought that they were trapped. The enemy thought they were trapped. But all of a sudden there was a pathway no one knew was there. And you led your people along the road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as the shepherds. I want to talk to you over the next few minutes about getting over the chaos that is coming to your camp into your life. And one of the ways to do it is to hear the words of this song and then reflect back on what the songwriter was pinning about. Sometimes we lose sight of God is is for people. And I need you to know this today. God is for all people. He's for the Israelite people, his elect people, his chosen people. So his elect people, his chosen people would reflect 
The elect would reflect, come on somebody, the elect would reflect the light of who God is so other people would know who his great hand is and his powerful hand is. And then, you know what, the world could glorify him and make his name known throughout the universe and throughout, uh, you know, everywhere on this planet. And I find that amazing. God is for people, all people, all generations, all races, all tribes, all genders, all tongues. He's for all people. But God is not for the props that hold people up. And he'll knock the props, the idols, out from under people so that they can know that he's the one that holds them up. And some of us are being propped up by certain things today. And what this writer is writing about in this song is he's saying, look, you know, what God did for the people, he created chaos but he was knocking the props out from under other people so that they could know who God is too. And so God used his elect people to demonstrate, come on, his amazing power to some people, the Egyptians, and some people who worshiped a sea god. And he knocked their prop out from underneath them so he would be known among the Israelite people, the church, the people of God, the Egyptians, the Pharisees, the Phil- whoever it is, so he would be known to all people. So God created chaos in a camp. And that, that passage of where that happened in, in the timeline of history and the timeline of our Bible is found in Exodus chapter 14. It's where God chose a people known as the Israelites who were in slavery and in bondage for over 400 years. And you know what? Their life was, was pretty miserable. There was a man, a king, his name was Pharaoh, who, who held, held things over them and he was basically the, the king of the Egyptians and Pharaoh and the Egyptians at this particular time, they worshiped many gods. Kind of like in our culture today, people worship all kinds of gods. But I, I need to declare to you today the one true God. The one true God. Will knock the props out from underneath people so they will understand the potential that they have when they worship him. And so this people, God says, I'm going to deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh in Egypt. And God did. God sent 10 plagues and go read about it throughout the book of Exodus. Pharaoh decided, you know what? We need to let these people go. So they let the people go. God begins to take them from a land of bondage into what he refers to as the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance, a land of the full life, so that they could produce and make the world know who he is, God began to take them on a journey. And as God began to take them on a journey, before they reached this promised land, this abundant life, God told them to turn around and go back and camp on the side of the sea. And the reason God told them to camp on the side of the sea was so that God could cause chaos and let the world know who was in control. 
And I want to show you today this account because there's some things that we can learn from Exodus 14. And we can begin to sing the song that the songwriter wrote in in Exodus 77 because we can remember, and though we have a problem today, we're going to be able to push through the problem with our God potential and experience God on the other side. You know, we as a church, we face problems all the time. This is not a problem-free church. I just want to be clear to that. There is people here with problems. There's some chaotic situations. However, we believe God in the problem. We believe God in the situation. And we believe that God can change the problem, change the situation, and use it for his glory so other people with problems and situations can know who he is. And, and, and so let's look at this account and learn a few things. It's, it's found in Exodus 14. This is what the Bible says. It says the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Moses was the leader. Order the Israelites, now that they have left Egypt and left the hand of Pharaoh, order them to turn back and camp. Everybody say camp. Yeah. By Pi-Harath, between Migdal and the sea. So let them camp in this place. Where, where they're going to basically be thought of as being trapped. Camp there along the shore across from Baal Zephon. Baal Zephon is an important word because the word Zephon means sea god. Camp in front of the sea god. Camp in front of the idol. Camp in front of the prop of the Egyptians. The Egyptians think that this is a God. This sea is a God. This sea is amazing. This sea is going to stop my vision and my people and my power. So I need y'all to turn around, get in a campsite so that people can see my hand. It's a really important word. It wasn't just, hey, go, go camp on the edge of the waterway. On, on the Mississippi River. No, no, this was intentional by God to show that he's a way maker in spite of what you believe about a sea god. Egyptians, you need to know that I am all powerful. The sea is not more powerful than me. I created the sea. And if you begin to worship the sea, then you know what? It is propping you up and I will split the sea so the sea can see who I am and you can see who I am. And no longer will the Egyptian people worship a sea god, but they will worship me. Then Pharaoh will think, oh man, the Israelites are confused and they're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I got a plan. He says, I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. And after this, the Egyptians, the Egyptians, not the Israelites, the enemy, the Egyptians, the, the, the people who under Pharaoh's hand, uh, the, the Egyptian people, who will know? The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. It wasn't just so the Israelites would know that he was God and he was powerful and he was amazing. It was so the Egyptians would know. I need you to know that God cares about people. I don't care if they are under the hand of the enemy right now. 
And sometimes, you know what? Even though they're under the hand of the enemy, God will use you to back up against what they see as a God. And he will knock the prop out from under them so that they can see that he is God. And then they can know the same God that you know. That's a powerful statement. That's a powerful thought. Have you ever thought about in the midst of your problem, in the midst of your chaos, that just maybe God created that in your camp so he can knock the prop out from underneath another person's life, what's propping them up, what's holding them up, the the idol that they're worshiping? Maybe God puts us in an impossible situation and people think money is what props the church up. But guess what? Maybe we don't have any money. And God says, too many people are worshiping money. So let me knock that prop out from underneath them so they all know I'm the provider. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And not a, a greenback. Thing with, with some president's name on the front of it, a dollar bill or a hundred or a thousand. And maybe I need to knock some props out from underneath some people. So they'll worship me as the one true God, as the provider, as, as the one who basically makes things happen. See, it's real easy to begin to worship the gods of the culture. It's real easy to begin to worship the creation instead of the creator. It's real easy to begin to think life is about me and my family, us four and no more. My little congregation, my little team. And and then what happens in the midst of all that, God will say, you know what? Let me knock some props out from underneath some people so everybody will know that I'm God. I'm the provider. I'm the leader in this gig. And and I am the one who makes a way. There is no way except through the way maker. The Bible says after this, the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord. So the Israelites camp there as they were told. See, my first point is this, is when chaos breaks out, choose to believe in God's purpose. You've got to believe in God's purpose over your problem, Amen. over your chaos. You've got to believe that God has a purpose yeah. amidst your problem, amidst the chaos, amidst the tragedy, amidst the circumstance, amidst the pain. God has a solution, and we just got to learn to believe in God's plan in the problem in our camp. If there's chaos, we've got to choose. If we're going to get through life, choose to believe the voice of God over the problem, the purpose of God over the problem. Begin to believe that you know what, that the problem isn't a setback, but it's a setup. I've been asking the question for five years. God, what's the problem? You you told us to build a new campus across that flipping waterway. What's the problem? Where's the money? Where's the highway? 
Where's the campus? Where's the place that you shared for us to build? And, and I began to think, you know, well, maybe I'm the problem. And God says, why are you worried about yourself in the problem? And why don't you allow me to work the problem into my power? And you watch my amazing hand. Oh, I, I, I think I'm on to something. I think I'm on to something corporately. I think I'm on to something personally. I think I'm on to something in your personal life. God, why is the problem here? Why the setback? Well, the setback is a set up not only so you can see my amazing hand and I can bless you, but your enemies, those idol worshipers and everybody else in your midst will see my powerful hand and you didn't come with the solution of the problem. I came with the solution of the problem. Trust me, hang on to me. I am who I say I am and it may feel like a trap. The enemy may say it's a trap, but really it's a hidden treasure. It's a pathway that nobody knew was there. It's a setup. Romans 8, 28 says this. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Do you believe in God's purpose? Do you believe in God's purpose for you? Do you believe in God's purpose for the church? Do you believe in God's purpose for his people to experience a few problems And understand that there is potential to be found in the problem. And that God can show up in spite of what's going on in my life. The first step to getting through the chaos is to believe that God has a purpose. Number two is this. I wrote it down this way. is Don't let fear make you run or quit. What you should do is wait, watch, and walk. Wait, watch, and walk. Look what it says here in Exodus 14, verses 10 through 14. The Bible says this. Pharaoh, he comes in behind the people. They're trapped up against the sea. The sea god, the, uh, where the Red Sea, where the people were worshiping the sea god. And Pharaoh approached the people of Israel. And they looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hit the panic button. Tell them don't hit the panic button. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We told you when we were over there on Main Street what was going to happen. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Couldn't we just have died over there? Were they shag? (laughs) What, What have you done to us? We, why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were in Egypt? Other words, Moses, you didn't listen to the majority's voice. We told you it was going to be problems. 
We told you Pharaoh was going to catch up to us. We told you, we told you, we told you, we told you. We told you to leave us alone. Let us be slaves in Egypt. In other words, we'd rather be under that bondage. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Because you know what? Their fear was overtaking their life. Their problems were overtaking their life. Instead of them walking by faith in what God had said. God had already declared, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. And I'm going to take you in to a land of abundance flowing with milk and honey. God said it. And if God said it, God will do it. However, fear set in. And they began to basically say it was better to be under the hand of the enemy than under the hand of faith in God and follow him on this path. And, and, And many of them wanted to quit, but Moses told the people, he says, don't be afraid. Just stand and watch. Everybody say watch. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Stop, drop, and roll. I mean, you know, that's what happens when you get on fire, right? You've heard the phrase, look, if your clothes catch on fire, don't take off running, don't quit. Stop, drop, and flip and roll. And put the fire out. Moses says, look, quit panicking. Don't hit the panic button. I know it feels like you are on fire and the fire is going to overtake you. But would you just for a minute stop, get calm, watch what God can do and see if he won't roll us through this problem. And then the Lord said to Moses, this is amazing to me. Moses says, stay calm. And then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Tell the people to get moving. Amen. Tell the people to get moving. Amen. Tell the people to get rolling. Yes. Tell the people to put their faith in what I said instead of what they are feeling right now. Amen. Tell the people, I know what they see, but in spite of what they see, I am who I am. That's right. That's right. And I will do what I said. I, man, you know, I don't know about you. But as a human being, that charges me up. Because a lot of times, all I see is the problem. All I see is, is the chaos. All I see is, man, it ain't working. And, and these kind of passages, I look back, and these are historical accounts. And the Bible says these historical accounts are there to remind us, us who live at the end of the age, to remember what God is doing. And my friend, this is a historical account of the Israelites' journey for you and I to remember at the end of the age, at the end of this church age, for us to remember what God is doing. And if he said it, he'll do it. Do you believe it? Do you trust? Man, don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't surrender. Too many people give up on what God said in the chaos. And, and, you know, and again, I know we get weak faith. But God is strong in the midst of our weakness. And my friend, I get just as weak need as you do. But we got to stick together. We got to believe. 
We've got to trust that God wants to be manifested in our life, in our family's life, in our church's life, in our community's life, and in our world's life. He's an amazing God. He's a way maker. And sometimes I question the problems, the chaos. And I'm telling you, man, they make me just like you just want to throw in the towel and say, I give up. This is too hard. But let's remind each other today that though there seems like there is no way, that God is making a way. Believe in your family. Believe in your parenting. Believe in your marriage. Believe in your stewardship of your finances. Believe that God is who he says he is. And if you handle life the way he says to handle life, then you know what? He is going to help you through the things that are shadowing your life and not bringing light to your life. 1 Corinthians verse 10 or chapter 10 verse 13 says this. says the temptations of your life are no different from what others experience. And again, he's... Here the writer is referring back to the Israelite people. And he says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I love that. So that you can endure. So you can keep pressing forward. So you can keep moving. So when the temptations come in your life, understand that God will not allow the enemy's hand to tempt you beyond what what you are able to get out of. And guess what? He will show you a way out. And the reason he'll show you a way out is so that you can endure the temptation, endure what happened. And then, you know what? Other people can look on what God did in your life and they can know that he is God too. God loves people. He hates props. God loves people. He hates the idols that prop people up. And I need you to know that sometimes, you know what, God will create problems so so he can knock the props out from under people's lives so they can know he's God. God has no problem with the sea. He just had a problem with the Egyptians thinking the sea is what was in control. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to back my people, my vessel, my instrument, the ones that's going to show my power and my glory to the nations of the world. I'm going to back their butt up against a no way out situation, a sea. You know what? And then I'm going to allow the enemy to come in behind them. The enemy's going to think that they are trapped. They're going to flip out. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to speak to the leader Moses and I'm going to do a miracle. And when I do that miracle, not only will the Israelites know who I am, the Egyptians will know who I am and the nations of the world will recognize who I am because I am God. And, and, and so when those temptations come in your life, understand that God tests your faith. God never tempts you, but God does allow you to be tempted so your faith can be tested. And when your faith is tested and you endure the temptation, it has the ability to let God shine on the other side. There is no demon in hell that can hold back God's purpose and plan for your life. The number one thing you've got to remember 
It's just don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't walk away. I don't care what they said. I don't care what you heard. Those are the two biggest lies in the whole world. What they said and I heard. But the biggest truth in the whole world is what God has said and for your ability to trust in what he has said and walk and follow him and wait on his plan to be revealed in your life. But never forget when the plan is revealed to begin to glorify and praise the one that made it all happen. He's a way maker. He's a way maker. And then that's what Moses did. Look what it says in Exodus 14 verses 21 and 22. It says, then Moses raised his hand over the sea, just like God had told him. And the Lord opened up the path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Exodus 14, 31 says this. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. Wonder, amazement. They put their faith in the Lord and his, and his servant, Moses. See, see, I find that fascinating. The Bible says all of a sudden the Israelite people, I mean, you would think when they got delivered from the hand of Pharaoh in Egypt, they would have just been in awe of the Lord. But God had to back them up in a no-win situation and back them up against a situation where he could display his glory not only to them and let them experience his hand. He needed to display his glory to the enemy and, and the enemy's camp and all the, the powers that were surrounded the enemy. This is an important thing. It's because life isn't just about me. Life is about God. Working in me and in you to display his amazing glory and his amazing hand and his amazing grace and his amazing love and his amazing mercy. And my friend, when you have a challenge in your life, choose to believe. Choose to not throw in the towel. Choose to believe in eternal things, not just earthly things. Don't just hope on the circumstance. Elevate your hope and hope on what God has said about his final kingdom, eternal things, and walk in it, walk through it, and watch God split the Red Sea. My friend, the Red Sea is a metaphor. It's a metaphor to show humanity the power of a great God. And I can tell you right now, there is one more event that showed more power than splitting of the Red Sea. And it was a man beaten. It was a man beaten beyond recognition. Your beautiful Jesus. It was a man that chose to lay down his life so you could believe and be set free. It was a man that chose to have whips lashed across his back. His name is Jesus. And my friend, I need you to know today, he chose to put on skin and become like us. To become a human. 
to show us that though our human condition feels stalemated, feels hopeless, though we have missed the mark of God's glorious standard for our life, there is one who came to make it right. He put on skin to make a way for you to connect with an all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at one time God. And you can choose. You can choose to put your faith in the one who came to make a way or you can choose to stay in a chaotic panic and be propped up by the things of life. But what God is challenging us to do today is to remember that he is making a way when there is no way. And he wants that way to be known not just to you and your people and your community. He wants that way to be known to the Egyptians, the powers and principalities of the universe, and that way to be known so his great name is glorified. There is an enemy of your soul, and he will lie every time. But my friend, he don't have you trapped if you'll just believe in the way maker. I had an opportunity last year to go to Nigeria with my friend, love God. He's right here on this three-piece suit down here on the front row. He looks awesome. Come here a minute, love God. Come here, love God. Me and love God have traveled the world together. Come on. Love God left me stranded. I'm white. Most people in his country are his skin color, black. I stand out like a sore thumb. I'm just sorry. Love God took me to one of the busiest international airports in the world and said, I'll meet you there. I fly into Nigeria. There ain't no love God nowhere. And it took him hours to get to me. And I started to panic, love God. That's right. I'm like, you know what, God, there is, well, you didn't send me here. Love God's crazy. <laughs> I'm sharing this story with you today on purpose. Because God did send us there on behalf of his people. Love God to make a way. Yeah. Finally, love God showed up. And... That's his real name, by the way. I'm not making that up. I'm telling you people, new, new people that, okay? But Love God showed up, and we went on a journey, and Love God took me down to a village where some of his people lived that had been drinking horrible water for years. And these villages have kings over them. And the king, Love God got an appointment with the king for me and him to go in and sit with the king and talk with the king of this village this desolate village and basically walked me through a community seeing children getting water out of mud holes, as we would call it. And the people had been desperate for years and years and years for clean drinking water. And at that place, I, I said, you know, I, I believe with God there's a way. These people were discouraged. However, we came back and over the last year, we've been kind of sharing it with different people and different groups and all kinds of stuff. And we're getting ready to show you a video but though there seemed to be no way for these people, there was a way and there was fresh drinking water coming 
And there's a celebration happening. And can I tell you right now, today, in that community, God is being glorified. And people are knowing who God is. Love God. You can sit down. Awesome, brother. All right. So, so we're going to show you a video. And then after this video, we're not dismissing you. We're going to get you to get up and praise a great God who sees a way in your problem too. And though we made a difference across the world, I need you to know we're making differences right here in this community. Right here in your family. Right here in your neighborhood. So check out this short video. And then we're going to stand and we're going to declare he's a way maker again. Why we are here today is to fulfill the promise made last year when our brethren from America came here. They promised the community of a water bowl. He has been worried, has been asking me about this place. And I've been telling him, as the Lord had put it in his mind, I don't want to stop him. Brother, I wanted you to do whatever the Lord has put in his mind to do here. Oh, he laid the foundation of, uh, of this earth upon the sea, which no man can do, but God has done it. He has done it. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the creator, to the father, except through him. And my friend, all it takes is a little bit of your faith to trust in the miracle of his resurrection and who he is. And your life can begin to heal. And your life can begin to change. We call it grace. Because we didn't deserve it. God just offered it. But the question is, will you let your faith connect with Jesus, God's amazing grace? And if you want to make that decision today, I'm going to pray over us. And then I'm going to tell you about some tools that can help you on your journey. Could everybody in this place today bow their heads? And if you need to put your faith in the way maker, his name is Jesus. He came and made a sacrifice on a cross. He came and the enemy thought they had him trapped. But my friend, he showed up and burst through the grave so that we can know that the enemy has no control over anything and God is in full control of everything. And my friend, the question for every one of us 
no matter where we are in life, is have we made that decision to trust God's way? And if you've never made that decision today, today would be a great day to get on a new path and watch what God can do. Just right where you stand to say, God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his sacrifice. I thank you for the cross. Tell God that you couldn't make a way, but you declare today that Jesus has made a way. Tell God, thank you for the resurrection and showing his powerful hand over death. And no longer do you have to face a final death separated from him. But tell God, thank you for eternal life. My friend, if you said that prayer today, I want to welcome you to the family of God. And I want you walked out of here today, charged up, believing, not in the problem, but in the potential that God just unleashed in your life. He wants to show the world who he is in you and through you and the people that you partner with. I would encourage you to become part of a local church and watch what God can do. God, we thank you for these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God one more hand clap of praise.